we praise God for his goodness. Amen. Amen. God is good. Even as we're getting ready to reopen and have our leaders here just uh, getting things set for July, we're just grateful to be in the house of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. I want to get to the word right now. Uh, Haggai chapter 2, verses 1 to 9, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Haggai chapter 2, verses 1 to 9, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Then on October 17th, the year 520 BC, the Lord sent another message through the prophet Haggai. Say this to Zerubbabel, son of Shatil, governor of Judah, and to Jeshua, the high priest, and to the remnant of God's people there in the land. Does anyone remember this house, this temple in its former splendor? How, in comparison, does it look to you right now? It must seem like nothing to all, but now the Lord says, be strong, Zerubbabel. Be strong, Jeshua. Be strong, all you people still in the land. And now get to work. Be strong and now get to work. For I am with you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. My spirit remains among you, praise God. Just as I promised when you came out of Israel, I'm not Egypt rather, so don't be afraid. My spirit remains with you just as I promised when you came out of Egypt, when you came out of your life without Christ, so do not be afraid. For this is what the Lord of heaven's army says. In just a little while, can somebody say a little while? I will again shake the heavens and the earth, the oceans and the dry land. I will shake all the nations and the treasures of all nations will be brought to this temple or this house. I will fill this place with glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of heaven's armies. The future glory of this temple or the future glory of this house will be greater than the past glory. The glory of this present house is going to be greater than past glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. And in this place, I will bring peace. Or oh, let me read this verse 9 in the NIV. It says, the glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former, that is the previous house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place, in this place, in this place, I will grant peace. I will grant shalom, declares the Lord Almighty. I want to speak to you on the subject, reopening God's house. In part one, I want, to, I want to speak on this subject. This is part one. Cyrus is already in place. Say that with me. Cyrus. Come on, everybody. Say it with me. Cyrus is already in place. Amen. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for your goodness and your mercy. I pray that your word will encourage your people as it has encouraged me. 
I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, according to Ephesians chapter 2, chapter 1, verse 17, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give to each and every one of us a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Let the eyes of the understanding of our heart be enlightened so that we would know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance that you have in each and every one of us who are your saints, who are your believers. Help us to know the exceeding greatness of your power towards us who believe. It's the same power in us that raised Jesus from the dead. I pray according to uh, Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4, I pray that my speech and my preaching will not be with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but demonstration of spirit of power so that people's faith will not rest in the wisdom of Brian Greene, but in the power of God. And finally, I borrow the words of the writer of Hebrews, chapter 2, verse 4. I pray that you will bear witness both with signs and wonders and divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to your will. Bear witness to what I'm preaching. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, the Lord put this word on my heart, uh, first for me, and then I believe for you. Uh, I won't say how many of you raise your hand, whether you're in this uh, room or whether you are watching uh, virtually, which most of you are, but this week was a very discouraging week for me. Uh, you know, I can't speak for you, but some, some days and some weeks can be so discouraging that it's just, it's just victory getting out of bed. Can somebody say amen? And, and so I know some of you think that because bishops in front of my name or because I've been in church most of my life that, that I am immune from discouragement. I'm immune from depression. I'm immune from just saying, you know what, let me just take the towel and, and throw it in. Let me, uh, sometimes the devil can have me, I'll just talk about me because I know you all are always living in victory land, uh, but sometimes the devil has me in the octagon, uh, Brother Clint, has me uh, just, just got the sleeper hold on me and I want to tap out. And then, and then God rings the bell and says, ding, ding, round's over, that's enough. Amen. And as I was waiting before the Lord, as we're ready to reopen, the Lord said, encourage my people that it's time to come back in the house of God. Amen. To encourage my people. Because the bottom line is that, and I'm just going to be frank with you, there are, there are things that you will get here that you'll never get at home. That, that's just the reality. I, I, I can quote a number of scriptures to prove that, but I don't have time to do that because I want to encourage you about this scripture. This scripture, Haggai, where he says, the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former house. One thing you've got to understand about the Eastern culture, and that is when people get names, those names are prophetic. Are you with me? They're prophetic. Prophetic means that either A, the parent gives them the name based on a circumstance that they went through. And so they want to say, they, they name their child a certain name to make sure that, that they as a parent will never forget that circumstance that, 
they went through. So again, I say this many times. So Joseph, when he was sold into slavery in Genesis chapter, or in the book of Genesis, sold into slavery by his brothers, put into prison unjustly, and then God supernaturally took him out of prison and put him into the palace. And because there was such a turnaround with regards to the power of God, he named his first child Manasseh, meaning God has made me forget all the, God has blessed me so much currently that he made me forget all that I went through. And some of you, I am, I am prophesying to you right now that you are going to live in, an, in a Manasseh experience where God is going to cause you to forget all, he's going to bless you so much post-pandemic, are you hearing me right now, that you are going, he's going to make you forget the pain you went through to get to your blessing. That's a good word right there. Thank you, Jesus. And, and, and then he named his second child Manasseh, meaning not only did God make me forget all that I went through, but he, he, he named his second child Ephraim, which means doubly blessed, meaning, watch this, I, I thought I was blessed before the pandemic, but now I'm doubly blessed, and therefore I praise God for what he brought me through. Oh, man. See, you don't understand that God had to put you through the pandemic so that you and I, so that he can trust us with post-pandemic blessings. That's a bad word right there. He's dealing with stuff in our hearts, preparing us. And so in this text, this is 520 BC, and this man, Haggai, brings a word saying that what God is doing now is going to even be greater than before. And therefore, it's amazing that God uses a man whose name is Haggai. Haggai means celebrate. It, 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 it literally means festival. But in a festival, you celebrate. Praise the Lord. I guess I'm going to have to celebrate by myself. And so you need to understand that God is saying, I know that I'm about to bless you. As a matter of fact, I'm already working on your breakthrough, your blessing, the place that I have for you. I'm already working on it now, so you might as well celebrate now so that when I bring you into the place of promise, you don't have to spend half the time apologizing for how you acted when you didn't believe I was going to do what I said I was going to do. Ah. In other words, I, don't, I can't speak for you, but sometimes I have acted so, I'm talking about me, because I know you all are always walking with the Lord perfectly, but I'm talking about me. There are times when I get angry with God. I say, God, you abandoned me. God, this isn't fair. God, are we, what are you doing? And then, in the midst of my complaining, he blesses me in such a way that I have to put my head down and say, I'm sorry, God. So I want to encourage you to celebrate now. Because something, watch this, something's not about to happen. Something's happening right now. You just don't see it. Amen. So let me encourage you. So again, this is 520 BC, okay? 
But God prophesies through the prophet Isaiah 150 years prior to this. And he says to Isaiah, whose name means the Lord is salvation. Wow. So in 686 BC, Isaiah, read the book of Isaiah, he prophesies in Isaiah chapter 44, verse 28, and he says this, Cyrus is my shepherd and will accomplish all that I please. Cyrus will say of Jerusalem, let it be rebuilt. And of the temple, let its foundation be laid. Now, you need to understand, oh my goodness. You need to understand, this is before Jerusalem is burnt down. This is before the temple is destroyed. God is saying, the temple's going to be destroyed. Jerusalem's going to be destroyed, but I have already put something in process to make sure that it's rebuilt. Cyrus says, let it be rebuilt and let its foundations be laid. Now, Isaiah 45, verse 3 to 6, keep following with me here. This is the Lord again prophesying about Cyrus. Now, he says this. So, the first prophecy deals with the fact that Cyrus was going to do something that God planned for him to do 150 years later. Now, verse 45, he's talking about Cyrus who was born, who, who has yet to be born, and this is 100 years, about 100 years before Cyrus is even born. I'm talking about Cyrus is already in place. He says, know that I am the Lord, God of Israel, who summons you, Cyrus, by name. For the sake of Israel, my chosen, I have summoned you by name, Cyrus, almost 100 years before you were born, and I have bestowed upon you a title of honor, my Lord. I have bestowed upon you a title of honor. I bestowed upon you a title of honor. What does that mean? Historically speaking, folks, this is not made up. This is not fairy tale. You can look it up. Cyrus's name was really known in history as Cyrus the Great. So God says, I'm going to give you a title of honor 100 years before this dude was even born. Turn to somebody and say, Cyrus is already in place for me. Mm. Oh, my God. Though, and I'm going to do this though you, don't, though you do not even acknowledge me. In other words, God is saying, though you don't even know that I'm God, though you don't even know, don't only, don't, though you don't even uh, uh, respect me as God, I'm still going to use you. Verse 6, so that from the rising of the sun, can you say sun, to its setting, people may know that there is nobody besides me. I am the Lord, and there is none other. So, 686 B.C., Isaiah prophesies about this dude named Cyrus that he's going to be born 100 years later, that he's going to bring, he's going to be instrumental in bringing 
the, the people of God, Israel, back to their land before they were even taken out of their land. In 606 BC, all of a sudden now Babylon comes in. And Babylon begins to deport smart, the wisest, the aristocrat, the creme de la creme, uh, Jewish people from Judah and brings them to Babylon. Part of that first deportation was Daniel. Are you following me so far? Stick with me. Was Daniel. Daniel. Now, they're taken out of Judah, which means praise, the Lord be praised, and they're brought into Babylon, which means confusion. Are you with me? If there was ever a time we're in Babylon, it is right now. Do I keep on my mask? Do I take on my mask? Okay? Do I, do I sit next to you or do I use six feet? Do I wash my hands or do I not my, wash my hands? I, no. Uh, are we open? Are we not open? Are we hybrid? Are we virtual? Uh, will I have a job? Will I not have a job? Uh, am I supposed to go into work now or should I work virtually from now on? Things are changed. Things are different. And it seems like we are in a, in a as, as the temptation saying years ago, it feels like we're in a ball of confusion. And yet, God is saying, I am going to use Cyrus to get you out of your confusion. Oh, my. And so Daniel, who is, is one of the first people who is taken out of, the first group that's taken out of Israel. And then in 597 BC, Babylon comes in again and takes a second group of people so the first group, among the first group, of course, was Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel, book of Daniel. Among the second group in 597 B.C. is Ezekiel. Now, this is heavy here. This is heavy. Are, are you with me so far? I said, are you with me so far? Now, now, now Jeremiah, in 597 B.C., Jeremiah, now, now, it's been now nine years that Babylon has its grip on Judah. It's been nine years that people are in a state of confusion. So these false prophets rise up and say to the people of Israel, you're not going to be in Babylon long. It, it's going to end soon. And, and Jeremiah rises up in Jeremiah chapter 29, and he says, dudes, you're going to be here for 70 years. And so... You might as well get married, let your children get married, build your houses because you're going to be in this state of confusion for a long time, so you might as well even pray for Babylon. The false prophets were angry that Jeremiah could say such a thing. But Jeremiah says, don't worry, though you're in this confusion for 70 years, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord plans that give you a hope and a future. I don't care how bad things are, you have a future because your future is in Christ. Ah, why is your future in Christ? Because he is the alpha and he's the omega. And in between is you and I. Could somebody say amen? And so, so, so God says, yes, you're going to be here for 70 years, but I got good plans for you. You will be here for 70 years, but you won't have to stay here. 
Yes, we're in a state of confusion, but let's not stay here. Yes, we, 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 we've been doing church virtually for 16 months, but let's not stay at home. Yes, things are changing, but let's not stay here. There's something better that God has for us. You see, Jeremiah, his name means the Lord establishes. But I looked at that even more. The word, his name also means the Lord stabilizes. His name also means the Lord sets up. I'm telling you right now, God is setting up something for you. That's why I praise him right now, because there's a setup. That which the enemy meant for evil, God is working out for my good. Ah, Romans chapter 8 verse 28 says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord, to them who are called according to his purpose. God is already working in my situation. Are you with me? Because Cyrus is already in place. In the midst of the second invasion, are you with me? In the midst of Jeremiah prophesying words that people didn't want to hear, to the point that people were so upset that he was bringing bad news that he was thrown into prison. In the midst of Babylon and all the confusion, are you with me, folks? Everybody with me? Are you with me? I, I need you with me. Uh, uh, uh. In the midst of all this, in 600 BC, Cyrus is born. In the midst of what you're going through, a blessing is coming up. In the midst of the storm, in the midst of craziness, something is coming up. Oh my goodness. If you remember, back last year, before winter, we were given these daffodils to plant, these daffodil balls. And, and what we were told was that you have to plant it in cold weather because it needs the cold weather and the winter and the snow to grow in spring. Are you with me? And so I, I planted these bulbs. I planted some outside of PT South. I planted these bulbs in places that I knew I needed God to move. And, and around March, I went to look, nothing was there. I went to look in April, nothing was there. But when I looked in May, all of a sudden I saw the daffodils spring up. My point is, is that sometimes you need winter seasons to do your greatest growth. I know some of you are all looking for a summer breeze. Makes me feel fine. You're not going to grow during the summer. You need the winter. God says, though you're going through all this, Jeremiah, I am, I am the God who stabilizes you. I am the Lord who is setting you up. And so in 600 BC, in the midst of all this, Cyrus is born. 597, three years later, they come and get Ezekiel. And then in 586 BC, Babylon comes in for a last time burns down Jerusalem. Jerusalem means peace. The devil is burning down many people's peace, but God's going to return it. Burns down the house of God, and everything looks 
hopeless. Everything looks lost. And, and while the while Jerusalem is burning, are you with me, folks? While everything lo looks lost, Jeremiah writes a song. While everything looks lost, Jeremiah, who is now out of prison because everything is burned down, he writes a song in Lamentations chapter 3. Oh my goodness. He writes a song in Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22. If you remember, Brother Emmy, you said this on Friday night. He says, because of the Lord's great love, even though everything is burning, even though, the, even though the temple is burnt down, even though the city is burnt down, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. That song is a scripture. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Oh, Lord, great is your faithfulness. Oh, you don't believe that one? Help me do this one. Great is thy faithfulness. Come on. Oh, God, my Father, there is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Help me sing it. Great is thy faithfulness. You, you, you all ain't, wait, 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 wait. Folks, if it had not been for the faithfulness of God, I think we need to sing it a little, a little more livelier than that. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand has provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Didn't you just testify, Brother Emmy, that God waited for a pandemic to give you a full-time job? Didn't you testify, Sister Shana, that God waited for a pandemic to get you a brand new house? Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. You can sing that at home. Morning by morning, new mercies I see for all I have needed thy hand has provided great is thy faithfulness Lord unto me for they are new every morning your mercies are new every morning. Tell the Lord, great 
is thy faithfulness, O Lord, for they are new every morn. Thank you that they're new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Come on, let's bless him right now. Thank you, Lord. In the midst of challenges, you have been faithful. Thank you, Jesus. While the city is burning down, Jeremiah is, is writing a lamentation that God is still faithful. Jeremiah continues to say, I say to myself, oh, shake Hebokul. Sometimes you get to speak to myself, yourself. Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 24, I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. Don't make your own way. He's at work. The Lord is good to those who hope in him. He's good to the one who seeks him. It is good to quietly wait for the salvation and the deliverance of the Lord. Oh, hell is breaking loose. Seems like God has forgotten Israel. And then all of a sudden, 20 years later, 559 BC, Cyrus the Great now becomes the ruler of, the, of, of pretty much the known world. Now, this is interesting. In my studies, I found out that Cyrus, who God called to be a blessing to Israel, he was supposed to die at birth. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I, I wish you could get this in your spirit. God, you see, you need to understand that the devil, Satan, also hears prophetic words. And the Bible says in Luke chapter 8, verse 11, 10 or 11, that, that trouble, persecution is going to come because of the word. And so, as Cyrus is born, Satan says, oh my goodness, this is the dude that Isaiah said is going to bring deliverance to Israel. I got to kill him now. And historically, I found this out that when Cyrus is born, his father ordered that he would be killed, just like Moses as a baby. And he gave the baby, Cyrus, to one of his most trusted uh, advisors and says, kill this child. And, and for some reason, for some reason, for some reason, instead of the man killing the child, he raised the child up as his own. I'm telling you, God has your Cyrus in place, and there's nobody who's going to stop your Cyrus from bringing you to the place that God has for you. Amen. He's already in place. He's already in place. He's already in place. He's already in the midst of confusion, in the midst of losing your job, in the midst of losing loved ones, in the midst of 
sickness and disease and everything looking bad and in the midst of the chaos that's going on in Washington, in the midst of all that, God still has your Cyrus in place. And finally, in 538 B.C., Cyrus comes in and destroys Babylon. And as he destroys Babylon, Ezra picks it up. I'm almost finished here. In Ezra chapter 1, it says, In the first year of Cyrus the king of Persia, in order, in order to fulfill the word spoken by Jeremiah. What did Jeremiah said? He said, 70 years, you're going to get out of this. Are you following me so far? But what was interesting is that just because God prophesied it, listen to me, doesn't mean we're just to sit there and, and wait for it like, like, like we're waiting for FedEx. Because the Bible says, listen to me, I'm trying to teach you here. In, in Daniel chapter 9, verse 1 and 3, the Bible says that Daniel was looking at the scriptures and he said, wait a minute, Jeremiah says 70 years, we'll be out of here. Wait a minute, 606 BC, I was taken out. Wait a minute, it's almost 70 years. So he starts praying, God fulfill your word. God, fulfill your word. God, fulfill your word. When God has made promises for you, you shouldn't just be sitting there like you're waiting for something to be delivered, waiting for, 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 uh, for, for, for your, for, um, uh, 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 what do you call that, that, those people? FedEx and Amazon, Amazon. You know, no, you, you need to say, God, you said it, let me stop praying. So Daniel went on a prayer and fast for about 21 days, and all of a sudden, Cyrus says this. He says this. It says, the word of the Lord was fulfilled through Jeremiah, and the Lord moved the heart of Cyrus, the king of Persia, to make a proclamation throughout his realm and to put it in writing. This is what Cyrus, king of Persia, says. The Lord God of heaven. This is a guy who cares nothing about God. But he says, the Lord God of heaven has given me all the kingdoms of the earth and has appointed me to build a temple for him at Jerusalem in Judah. And any of his people among you, you may go back to Jerusalem in Judah to build the temple of the Lord, the God of Israel, the God who is in Jerusalem, and may your God be with you and all the, all the stuff Babylon stole from you. Here it is. All the wood you need to build a house for God, here it is. Not, not only will you build a house for God, but I, Cyrus, will finance it. Oh my God, could you see what God is doing for you? Well, why did that happen? Easy. He reads about this dude, Isaiah who prophesies that he, Cyrus, will be born a hundred years before he was born and told him what his name was going to be. Folks, 
So Cyrus is stunned and he releases the people of God. He finances, and I'm, I'm saying to you that Cyrus is already working on your behalf. You see, the name Cyrus means son, S-U-N, son. And I said, well, God, okay, his name means son. What does it have to do with me? And, and one of the scriptures that I was taught as a boy is found in Psalm 84, verse 11, where it says, the Lord God is a what? Son and shield. The Lord will give grace and what? Glory. No good thing will he withhold from them who walk uprightly. I read this in the Passion Version. This is the last thing I'm saying. I'm going to share a story with you. Passion Version says, for the Lord God is brighter than the brilliance of a sunrise, wrapping himself around me like a shield. He is so generous with his gifts of grace and glory. Those who walk along his paths of integrity, which is found here, will never lack one thing they need. He provides it all. God is already at work. Cyrus is already in your midst. You just don't see him yet. But God is, about, God is doing something right now. Let me close with this story. I want to bless you. Next week is uh, Father's Day. And we're looking forward to hearing the word from the Lord. Our brother Clint's going to be speaking. God bless you, brother Clint. Amen. Um, and though you're moving to L.A., God, Cyrus is already moving on your behalf. Already moving. Where you're supposed to live, already moving. Don't even worry about that. But there's an award that we give to men, uh, sort of like the man of the year, Award and we call it the uh, Deacon Cecil Cummings Man of the Year Award. Uh, many of you know Deacon Cummings, uh, Auntie Debbie's dad. He's my godfather, and he was a faithful, just a faithful man of God in this church. And so, I grew up in Pentecostal Tabernacle, and we went through some dark times, dark times. And one of the reasons, really for the dark times, to be honest with you, is that our, our pastor, not my father, but the pastor before that uh, um, was, was, was old. And, and, and you know, I, I believe, suffering from dementia. And so if you could imagine being led by a, a pastor who, who was suffering dementia, and of course, uh, in those days, it's touch not the Lord is anointed. So the bottom line is that you kind of die in the pastorate. Are you following me? You need to understand, my pastor was 69 years old when I was born. Okay? So for the first 23 years of my life, I had a pastor who was 69. No, you need to understand, Rick Warren, Rick Warren, a saddleback, he just retired at 67. So... If you could imagine what kind of connection was, it, first our pastor was 
not strong enough to lead us to where we needed to go. So it was just, it was just, it was just bad. And I remember, you know, that my, my, my godfather, uh, he was driving home and he was just so frustrated and he was crying out to God, God, when will you bring deliverance? God, when will you raise up a pastor who will take us where we need to go? God, when would you do this? And he shared this story with me. He, he said, and while I was crying out to God, right next to me was a six-year-old boy named Brian Green. <laughs> and I need to preach this somewhere else. He said to me, and he always told me, he said, here I am crying out to God, and the answer to my prayer is sitting right next to me. <laughs> Could it be that God's answer for you is being hidden in plain sight? Oh, man. That's why even when you can't see it, you need to work. He, he's working. And so if you know he's working by faith, why don't you praise him right now? I said by, by faith. Don't, don't do it for me. By faith. Praise him right now. He has a Cyrus in place to give grace and glory. He has somebody, something is cooking. Something is at work. Something is happening. I remember I didn't get a promotion and I was going to act up and God said, no, you need to bless the person. Help the person who got the job you should have gotten. And God worked behind the scenes and a year later when that person was released, they came and said, Brian, do you want the job? And I said, thank you, Jesus, because God basically said, you weren't ready for the job yet. I want you to stand to your feet right now. Hallelujah. Cyrus is in place. Cyrus is in place. And, and I want to... I, I just felt that the Lord told me to do this, and so you don't, you don't have to come. I, I know that some of you may, but I got the heavy duty here. You say, what's in here? This is what I call my heavy duty anointing oil. This is, this is take out when it's special, because you're here, you're special. And I, I want to anoint you. I'm not going to gloop gloop it on you, just, just going to anoint you. Anoint simply means to take oil and just put it on your forehead. The oil represents the Holy Spirit. And what I want to do, just briefly, you know, I want to anoint your forehead so that you will Reopen your heart and reopen your mind for the new thing God is doing. Read my lips. Those of you looking virtually, read my lips. We are not going back to doing church the way we used to do it 16 months ago. This is a different place. One of the reasons why it's a different place because I'm a different pastor. 
I, I am not the same guy who left 2019. God is doing a new thing. And for many of you, God wants to do a new thing in your life. And I want to make sure, as I, as I pray for you, that you will be open to the new thing God's doing, not simply in this church, but in your life. And so this, this should not take long. Uh, and again, I'm not, I know some of you might still be concerned about, you know, coronavirus and all that kind of stuff. And I, I'm, um, I am, I am vaccinated, and let me, excuse me for a moment. Let me put on a mask so that you'll feel safer, and, but I want to anoint you. And so, uh, Auntie Debbie, you back there, I think you're like kind of the, if you can just usher folks. Uh, again, no, I, if you don't feel comfortable coming up, this is no, please. I don't want anybody to feel like whatever I just but I really feel like the Lord told me to anoint you uh, for this new season so that you don't miss God bless you thank you Jesus this is the new season oh, you're so cute bless you bless you hey pretty girl bless you Bless you, Saul. Bless you. God bless you, Jim. God bless you, Elder Albert. God bless you, Elder Jim. God bless you. God bless you, Brother Paul. Yes. God bless you. God bless you, Lada. Is it James? Yeah. God bless you, James. God bless you, Annie. God bless you. God bless you. Yes. God bless you, Monique. God bless you, Clinton family. God bless you, Annie. God bless you. God bless you, Deidre. Yes, yes, yes. God bless you, Uncle Cameron. God bless you, Deacon Boyle. That's right, those of you in the sound, you can come down too. God bless you, other people. Yep, yep, camera folks. I'm not, oh, God, God bless you, other can. Yes, that's right. God bless you, Auntie Debbie. That's right, come together. God bless you, Sheldon. God bless you, Tony. God bless you, Greg. Jeffrey. God bless you, Victory.
Thank you, Jesus. Can we lift our hands to the Lord? And just briefly for a few moments, just pray that the Lord, the, the, the psalmist says, establish the works of my hand. The works of my hand, establish it. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And those of you who are, even if you're not in here, anoint your own head with oil. Anoint your own head. Go in your kitchen. Go in your prayer. Whatever you have, anoint your whole, your head. You can do that. Yes, and say, God, I need to think differently. Reopen my mind. Reopen my mind. I don't want to miss the new thing that you're doing. Reopen my mind. Reopen my thought life. Help me to recognize that you're already, that there's a Cyrus already working. That there's grace that's already being given. There's the good thing that's not being withheld from me, but I need, I need my eyes and my mind opened to see it. Paul said in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, be transformed by the renewal of your mind, the way you think. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, Father, we thank you for this moment. And usually I close with a blessing, but Lord, I, I want to close with a prayer. First of all, if you're in watching online or in this room, if you don't know Jesus, if you never asked Jesus to come into your life, he wants to come into your life right now to make sure that you don't miss your Cyrus. In fact, he is the first Cyrus that came into your life because he already prepared the way for you to come to God. The Bible says no man comes to God except through Jesus Christ. And so maybe you're under the sound of my voice, you say, I want to receive Jesus as my Savior. And if that's you, you can raise your hand or, or, or just offer up this prayer. Obviously, I can't see you raising your hand, but repeat this prayer after me if you want to receive Jesus as your Savior as your Savior, and while, and I, and I want you in this room to repeat the prayer so that way those who are watching can understand what I'm doing. Repeat after me, dear Lord, I come to you right now, and I admit, Lord, that I'm a sinner. And all that means is that Jesus does not live in my heart. Jesus, I believe you died for my sins. You rose again from the grave so that I could become a child of God. So Jesus, because you're alive, come into my heart. Rescue me from my sin and make me a child of God. Jesus, thank you for hearing that prayer. And right now I believe I'm a child of God. Amen. Amen. Now, if you said that prayer, please, uh, whether you can uh, put it in the chat or email us, ptspice.org, or talk to somebody in this, in this room, but let them know that you received Jesus so that way we can give you a free Bible and give you material that you need in order to help your growth in Christ. I want you to bow your heads. I'm not going to end with a prayer, a, a, a blessing. I want to end with a prayer this time. Father, 
I thank you for your goodness towards us. Oh God, I, I can only speak for myself, but help me to keep my eyes open because your Cyrus for me, your answer, your solution, the people that you have waiting to help Brian Green to do what you created me to do, the people you have to help PT reopen, the, the people you have to help us to do ministry and serve this community, the people you have to just be my friend, the people you have who are the answer to my prayers. They're already in place. They're already in place. They're already in place. Open my eyes so that I'm not fighting the very people you have sent into my life to help me get to where I'm going. Open my heart. Open my eyes. Help me to look at things that things may look bad, but maybe it's you who closed that door. Maybe it's you. You saw what was on the other side of that door and you closed it. And though I'm grieving, though I'm angry, though I'm frustrated, you're at work. So Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, this week, Lord, I said this week, this week, I pray that, that there will be people who heard this message who says, my goodness, I can't believe that God moved that quickly. I can't believe that Sunday I said, God, send my Cyrus, open my eyes to Cyrus, and bam, that door was open. Father, I pray that this week some of us can sing what was sung in Psalm 126, where you rescued him from Babylon so quickly the song says in Psalm 126, it was like a dream. But then we said, and people who observed what God did in our lives said, the Lord has done great things for them. That's why they're glad. So Father, I pray as we leave this place, as we leave this presentation, I pray, Father, that you, your, your spirit will continue to rest with us and walk with us. In Jesus' name, Amen. God bless you and have an amazing week.